ache for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the A-Slut Podcast. That's A-Slut, Vice, Sex, Love, Understanding, and Trust. I'm your host, Simon Bell. Thank you for listening in. It is great uh, to be with you all once again. Now, today is something a little bit different, but kind of the same. We talked to Pricey Jordan, a good friend of mine, who is actually part of a polycule with a previous guest that we've had on the show, Becky, from episode 5 where we talk about your partner has another partner. So, we have the other side of that here today. We have Jordan, and we're going to talk about how we got involved with Polly, how it feels to be one of two men with one woman, with one woman, I guess. So, like we talked about in episode five, Becky has two partners. One's Pricey, and another one he's called Mark. So, we talk about, for lack of a better term, being one of those two guys in, in that polycule, which is, brings up quite an interesting chat. We talk about how we got into poly and, and previous relationships that he's had as part of that and his journey to becoming completely poly, for lack of a better term. We talk about our local poly scene, um, a little bit around kink as well. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting chat. It's something, something that I really, really enjoyed as part of that. So, um, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that in, in a moment. Um, what's happening with me? I was just on a, I was a guest on another podcast. Um, I talked about it last episode with, with Devin. Um, I'll talk about it here again now because it is now live, which is exciting. It's, the podcast is called Swinging Down Under. You can find it at swingingdownunder.com. You can find them on Twitter at swingingdownunder. Um, the links will be in the show notes for this as well, uh, as it was for last week. And that, that was a really cool thing to sort of get on board with. While I'm not so much of a, of a swinger myself, I am polyamorous, which lends itself to the swinging side of things. I have had kink play partners in the past. But we talked more about, um, how New Zealand is in the world when it comes to how progressive New Zealand is, how sexuality is viewed over here, um, the age of consent when I lost my virginity, all, all of this sort of different stuff. So it was, it was really, really cool to do that. And CND are fantastic uh, podcasters, fantastic hosts, really, really know what they're doing, completely professional, even if some of the chat wasn't. Um, there's a lot of Star Wars references in there, so... Um, yeah, I do really hope that you'll go and check that out and, and give that a listen as well. That's Swinging Down Under. Oh, it's at Swing Down Under on Twitter. SwingingDownUnder.com if you want to listen to that as well. Now, speaking of websites and Twitter and all that sort of stuff, you can contact me. I do have a Q&A episode coming up. I would greatly appreciate more input to that. I do have a fair amount to go through, but sometimes uh, too much is never enough, and I need to make sure that my episodes do go the distance. So you can contact me on Twitter at the ASL Podcast, Facebook as well, the same handle, the ASL Podcast, or you can email through at the ASL Podcast at gmail.com. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I do really hope that everybody gets on board with that. And for the moment now, I 
we'll give you a nice bit of music that I found and we'll launch into the interview at Pricey. Enjoy. Okay, welcome, Pricey. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm, I'm very good. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming in. It's um, it's an interesting uh, sort of dynamic that we've got here today. Obviously, your part, one of your partners has been on here before, yeah. Becky. Yeah. So now we're sort of seeing the, the other side yeah, well. of, of it all, really, aren't we? <laughs> so before we get too heavy into anything, tell us a wee bit about yourself. I'm um, I've been Christchurch most of my life. Uh, I... No, concreted by yeah, concreted by day and a couple of later by night. Been practicing polyamory for probably the best part of that three years now. Hmm. So, um, yeah. cool. this this was going to be going to be my first question because mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't too sure about this. Were you poly before Becky, or was Becky your first marriage relationship? Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. So, I guess I guess. Officially, I was aware of the terminology upon meeting Becky, but prior to that, I guess I'd always kind of wanted in the um, sort of situation in my relationship anyway, which to be fair, did see the fall through of my most previous long-term partner. Right. On that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how, how does that discussion come up with the previous partner? Because um, you're aware of it, it's something that you sort of wanted. Yeah. So. I don't know, we've been we've been city for ages and ages, never fine, more you know, we can do a work over in the States. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna be over there for quite some time, I don't know, just three months. And sort of in time in between just got the messaging for the like so, you know, we're both consuming adults, we you know, have certain needs kind of thing, you know, can we sort of just agree that if anything happens on tour, sort of stays on tour, sort of likewise for you back home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so her and I both did end up living with different partners whilst we were both away. Um, yeah, and then sort of got back to Christchurch and sort of like, okay, I think we're both pretty comfortable in our own skins. Do we, do we continue this? So we mm-hmm. sort of set up a wee joint Tinder account looking for a food, which is very typical of couples looking to open their relationships. Yep, um, and was it a male or a female you're after? Um, at that, particular. At, at, that, at that time, female, because mm-hmm. I don't know how comfortable she was with having two guys at the same time, and right. I was I'm very insecure about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I got some messaging, a couple of women, and it was sort of fine, and then just didn't really amount to much. And then she told, she told them to go home from the pub without me knowing that it could have unannounced. Um, oh. Yeah, she had to pay pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And that's where um, so many people, I think, have a view of. That, that to me sounded more like an open relationship as opposed to polyamory. It's still under the, yeah. the non-monogamy umbrella. Yeah, yeah. But, and this is where I think a lot of people who aren't in the, the lifestyle, for lack of a better term, sure. sit there and they go, oh, these poly people, these people with open relationships, blah, blah, blah. 
They're just sluts who sleep with anyone and they don't, you know, there's no moral compass or anything like that. And the way that you've just explained this, I really like, is the fact that she brought this guy home without you knowing and that's what the issue was. It wasn't the fact that she brought him home. It was the fact that she didn't tell you what was going on. Is that right? More or less. Um, So we were sort of at a point where we were like, okay, you know, we're comfortable enough to live together, um, you know, as partners. But, you know, if, if, say, for example... You know, something like that did, did pop up, drinks flowing, you know, getting a bit flirty, and you do want to take someone home or go home again. You know, we sort of had an agreement that, you know, either one of us would be notified either via text, phone call, something like that. And this was before the action, or? And this was before the action. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, got no word of it. Um, just was, by this stage, I'd taken on what was there and at the time in the flooding situation in the room. Right. Um, and yeah, sort of woke up in the morning with like, not impressed, eh? Yeah. Not impressed. I mean, it wasn't so so much the fact that, yeah, she was going out in a good time and like, okay, so in a few days, she kind of wanted to see where it went. Maybe it was going to be one night stand, who knew? Um, But it was more the fact that there was no contact. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, the communication breakdown, I think, was the main issue of it, really. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So, was that the end straight away, or? Uh, it got a lot messier than that. Oh, dear. <laughs> We, we won't go too much into yeah, that. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll keep that out of it. So you, you noted on the fact that it was that it was a woman, but you um, it wasn't so much a bad thing if it was a guy. Are you straight? Are you bi? Are you? Um, at, at this point, I'm not really 100 percent sure how I identify exactly. Right. Like I would say, for the best part, I'm at least 90 percent heterosexual. Right. But I mean, how you know, Adam Lambert comes tapping on my door one night. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. Like, See. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm straight out by it, but if, if mm. I had Brandon Yuri knocking on anywhere, oh, uh, yeah. seeing it from Panic at the Disco, yeah. mm. I, I, I think I'd actually just come on the spot. Because <laughs> well, my, my, my big things when it comes to people and being attracted to them is intelligence and talent. Oh, for sure. Those are two things that just, they get my juices going straight away. And mm. whew, that man, I yeah. tell you. <laughs> oh, no, he's well talented and he's a very attractive guy. I'm kind of worried. I'm, go- I'm hopefully still going up to see them. In October. Oh yeah, um, that's right. That's touring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I do make it, I'm kind of worried about how I'll how I'll act <laughs> if I'm anywhere near the front. Of the the stage. whole screaming groovy the front, <laughs> yeah. eyes rolling in your head. And you know, I'm 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 not a small guy. I'm you know 115, 120 kilos. For those uh, in America, I know there's a lot of American people listening. That's about. Oh, yeah. 250, 260 pounds mm-hmm. of, of just giant like a man <laughs> fangirling after <laughs> after this guy who's, you know, probably about maybe 190, 200 pounds at most. He's not a real big guy, is No, no, but he, he's beautiful. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. So we've, we've sort of gone through a whole bunch of the questions that I had lined up already, mm-hmm. um, like where you followed before Becky, kind of, but yeah, not sort of. But so the, the question I have... Going from here is obviously Becky's been polyamorous for a fair while, mm-hmm. and you were aware of that going into this relationship. Yeah, or? yeah, that was um, that was sort of an interesting one. So her and I met years and years ago. Um, I was eighteen, actually, at a pub. We were just tapping on the shoulder, "Hey, can I have your number?" And I was sort of like, "Okay, oh, this, this whole older chick wants my number. Sure, take it." Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then so that was fine. And then we were sort of. Um, I don't know, I guess friends with benefits for a little bit of word mm-hmm. um, for on and off for, I don't know, maybe two or so years after mm-hmm. that. And then went mono for a while there and lost contact and, you know, got got back into contact again. And 
So she she had a partner at the time that you were friends with benefits, so you knew at that point. Um, oh, she I wasn't. Don't know if she did, but I was aware that she was seeing other men at the time. Right. Okay. Which was me also seeing a couple other women at the time. Which was like, okay, it all fine. worked out alright. Yeah, it all worked out fine. Yeah. As long as we were safe about it, it was no deal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then sort of got hanging out again, and you know the, the old flame sparked pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. we sort of picked up a lot, lived off. Um, Except instead of this, instead of just having sex, it's developed into yeah. a full relationship now. Exactly right. Um, with going into that, she's like, you know, we, we we sat down and had a bit of a chat, and she was like, hey, so you know, I do I do have a boyfriend. We've been good for you know but over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he, he's aware of my often promiscuous ways mm-hmm. and is fine with that, provided that the other partner is actually with are fine with that too. For them. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know, that, that sounds fine. So long as everything's all about board and communication, you know, paramount, of course. Then yeah. I don't see why there needs to be an issue. Yeah, so exactly. Sort of just went from there. Sure. And, and and you and her other partner get along quite well, don't you? Oh, yeah, I haven't got a bad thing to say about it, guy. It's fantastic. I've got it. I'm not going to lie, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a top-notch guy. Because obviously I know all of you mm. reasonably well through kink scenes and through poly scenes and mm. all sorts of different stuff. And we've hung out a couple of times. We've gone to a driving range before. Mm-hmm. On a side note, your golf swing is fucking atrocious. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, mine wasn't much better on that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, not that bad. Yeah, so... <laughs> Going into a full-blown poly relationship, mm. which is slightly different to what you had done in the past, you had an inkling of it, but stepping into this full-blown mm. sort of thing, and you said that you sort of you were a little bit insecure about other men coming into your relationship earlier. Mm. What have you learned about yourself moving into this this polycule that you found yourself in now? Was um, there anything that sort of, anything that sort of sticks out and went, "This is what's changed"? You know, this is something that I had to get over. Oh yeah, etc. Sure. Et he's he's changed. Like a lot of it was, you know, realizing the whole bullshit ego of the New Zealand mandem society. Really. <laughs> Shit, yes. Um, which I mean, yeah, it took me a while to click onto it, but certainly not as long as others you see around. But mm. you know, that, that's the deal. Um, so yeah, I guess a considerable amount of that was realizing that, and obviously noting that why. Mm. What's what what what's the need to feel insecure about you know other other men? I think. Through this, I don't know, polyamorous adventure, I guess. Um, I've, yeah, have learned quite a bit about myself and obviously the relationship dynamic too. Um, sure. Yeah. And communication, I guess, is key at the end of it. That, that, that's going to be a revolving theme in, in mm. us talking today because we, we both know and we're both experienced enough within polyamory or non monogamy mm. to know that. Well, it's not even that. It's in even in monogamous relationships, there needs to be a pretty decent level of, of communication. Sure. But stepping into into non-monogamy, there needs to be even more because you know you're, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, I'm going to go and do this with this person tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cool with that? Ninety-nine times out of hundred, you're sitting there and go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You've told me, awesome, sweet. Mm, and right. something as little as that, I think, can be um, can quite easily be overlooked, I guess, mm. um, when it comes to something like that. I've made mistakes like that in the past. I kissed it. I thought it was nothing, mm. but my partner at the time didn't. Yeah, right. And it's and that's a mistake that I've made because it's, hey, I kissed this woman, it would have been, okay, sweet, yeah, yeah. no worries. But And that was a misconstruing on my part, thinking mm. that it's, it's, it's a nothing thing. Yeah, yeah. And so have you had anything like that? Oh, well, sure, my God. 
How long can you not fuck up each? Yeah, we, we all do. And again, we're going to use this word communication. That's where communication does come into it. If you fuck up, you, you make the first move, don't you? You sit there oh, and yeah. go, hey, babe, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call your, your partner, this happened. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And if the, the partner you're with is mature enough, which mm-hmm. I know Becky is, I've known her for a number of years now, mm-hmm. she'll sit there and go, okay, I forgive you. It's happened. Thank you for telling me. Mm-hmm. Sure, you might have a little bit of a headbutt mm-hmm. about it and go, that's not on. Yeah, yeah. But it's still sitting there going, realizing that people are people. Mm-hmm. They're not going to always be perfect. They're not going to sit there and toe the line the whole entire way because shit happens. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, no, I think my, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd call it a slip up as such, but definitely a, a miscommunication. Um, so I slept with a woman recently, um, sort of unannounced, which I guess had, had I had a communicated prior to that happening, then there, you know, definitely would have been <coughs> less reason for us to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, there's, there's the positive spin on everything. It's like, okay, yeah, so, you know, things didn't quite go as well as they should have in this particular scenario. What can I learn from this? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. It's the what can I learn part. Exactly right. And proves who you are as a person. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, not not, not only is it, you know, both, both the character building qualities, you know, also helps strengthen the relationship. But, yeah, you know, sure. is you get to know your partner better, your partner is better by, I don't know, by going through the rush, I guess, mm. and, you know, sitting down, you know what I mean, you know, Having, having a night apart and then having a night to do, you know, you sit down with a cup or whatever and just be like, hey, so what's up, how do you do that, how can we focus? And I think in part that has to have a base level of maturity on both sides as well. If that, I'll, I'll say emotional maturity as opposed to just maturity in general because you can have a 40-year-old who acts like a 12-year-old. They're technically mature, but they're not. Yeah. So I'm going to say emotionally mature and know how your feelings are and going through that. Mm be able to portray that and then have that discussion with your partner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because my, my last polar relationship, I'm single again now, mm-hmm. so my last polar relationship, it was slightly different to yours in that I didn't need to be told beforehand, and okay. neither did they, right. as long as told yeah, yeah. that something's happened. Mm-hmm. If they found out that it hadn't, like, like for example, my kiss scenario, yeah. she questioned me about it, I said, um, yeah, the only thing we did was kiss. I didn't think it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was. That's the miscommunication there. We went, right. okay, this has happened. Mm-hmm. Let's fix this. Now. Yeah, yeah. This happened. I'm sorry. Now I know exactly where we are on that on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That 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 line's drawn. If now I know if anything happens in the future, that's where it needs to be. It needs to be said. Exactly right. So yeah, it's it's. And this is something that I that I always want to touch on, and I'll probably say it a whole bunch through this series of podcasts, mm-hmm. is that no two poly relationships are the same. No two swinger relationships are the same. Okay. You know? Everyone's going to have their little nuances that are going to be different. There's no, you have to do poly this way. Oh, I mean, you know, it's, it's like anything. There is, there is no one side for it. Right. You know, I mean, how much everyone... It's, it's, especially when it involves humans. It involves exactly people. Exactly right. Because everyone thinks differently, you know. Yeah. And, you know, people potentially carrying baggage from other relationships, which is why the way why they are the way they, they are. Yeah. Which and, and you know, if you if you value a relationship, you want to be able to work on it. Mm. It's sort of like the theory of you know, you don't you don't fix a broken light bulb by buying a new house. <laughs> that's a great saying. Yeah. I've not heard that before. That's fantastic. It's original. You're welcome to. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's um that's really really cool. So. 
with obviously moving from more of an open to poly mm -hmm. sort of situation with somebody who's been poly for a long time did you look to her partner to learn things about this poly thing or did you look to her or mm, yeah, did good. you have any sources or anything that you were looking through I while guess, you were going through this i guess most of it is just um you learned uh vicariously through through her mm -hmm. i mean not like necessarily call her a, a poly professional as such but certainly has a lot more freedom tree on in, in the regard that i do mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess there, there, there has been times when i sort of you know sort some sort of wise counsel from her other partner a bit more mm -hmm. um yeah i guess basically a lot of it is yeah, maintaining the communication and realizing how it is that your brain works and owning your emotions, you know, the whole owning your shit kind See, of thing. Now, I, want, I wanted to talk to you about this because we, uh, I can't remember if you were there actually, I think you were there for part of it, we had the discussion night at, uh, at a social club with the poly group in Christchurch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we talked about, we talked about jealousy and owning your yeah. own jealousy and yeah, whatnot yeah. from that. Yeah, really big turnout. Yeah, which was unexpected at the time. We ended up having to split into two, which we weren't planning. Yeah, on. yeah. But the the part that I want to talk about with that, with the jealousy thing, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> this is something that I that I've always thought myself, and I think I actually thought at this point up, is that jealousy is not an emotion. Okay. Jealousy is a whole bunch of different emotions mm -hmm. that create this big cloud, yeah, almost like good. a brainstorm where you put jealousy in the middle and there's mm -hmm. all these feelings like anger, pain, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And for me, mm -hmm. it's about breaking down what, why you're feeling jealous and what emotions you're getting from that and why those emotions are coming through. Oh, exactly. And that's how I work through my shit and owning my shit. Is mm -hmm. I'll, sit there, I'll break down the whole fucking thing because I'm an overthinker. Oh. And I'll sit there and go, okay. I felt this way because this person did this, but why am I hurt when she still came back to my house instead of going and doing this? And mm -hmm. and for me, it was it was a long journey for me because I've been poly for five years ish now, oh, right. I guess. Um, and I, I was a horrendously jealous person before then, horrendously. I was not a good person in any way, shape, or form. Looking back on it, and I've said oh, that a come few. Come on, now. you've always been a sweetheart. <laughs> I really haven't. <laughs> the way that I treated the uh, treated women through university and before that was beyond atrocious. So I'm I'm glad that I've moved on from that, and, and I'm a lot better person for it now. But I also back then I also didn't think this way either. Mm -hmm. And even through the start of my poly journey, it was the same sort of thing, right. where I wasn't thinking about why I was feeling that way. I was just I was letting my emotions rule me rather than me ruling my emotions. Mm -hmm. And what it's sort of turned into now is these these feelings of jealousy, of anger, of hatred, of pain have done like a full circle and they're now part of my compersion. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. So we, we've talked about compersion briefly on this podcast before, but yeah. for those that don't know, it's basically, it's a relatively new word, mm -hmm. especially in this sense. It's feeling happiness for your partner being happy. Yeah. Isn't it? Pretty much. So... These feelings that were hate, anger, you know, this person's off. What's this other person giving my partner that that mm -hmm. I can't? To oh, my partner's off and having fun, and she's being pleased, and everything's great. She's going to come back to me, and it's going to be fantastic. Exactly. And she's happy. I'm happy that she's happy and she's doing her thing. Mm -hmm. And that was a big, big change for me. It was a complete 180. Oh yeah. Did you feel that you had that sort of thing, especially? Because I wanted to touch back on the, the insecurities that you have with the male mm -hmm. sort of thing. Has that sort of come around for you that way as well? Oh, for sure. Um, like I can I can recall, for instance, um, previous partner. 
um, that my partner had maybe maybe six months ago. Mm-hmm. Sadly, they did break up, um, and you know it's only now that I can say sadly because yeah, he was actually a really cool dude, and they were really happy with the time they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, there, there definitely was a bit of um, I guess insecurity and envy-based jealousy around their relationship initially. Um, I, I do recall a particular instance that was prompted by um, a post on Facebook. You know, picture of two of them. I don't know how, and some sort of adventure amongst caves and coves and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. And I was just like, that asshole. What a dick. <laughs> how dare he? Um, but then, I guess, you know, I took, I took a step back and, you know, re- realized that it was, that it, yeah, it was jealousy, but why was it jealousy? It was, a lot of it, I guess, was the envy of, um, you know, oh, that wanker beat me to the punch kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I really wanted to go and do something like this as well. But, I guess turning full circle on that particular instance was like, <clears throat> okay, yeah, sure, you know, there's still plenty of time for me to go caving with my partner if I choose. Yeah. Um, and you know, good on her for going and making the most of the relationship she had. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that she had a good day. I can see a smile on her face. Same with him. <laughs> 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 and. You know, they're, they're out having a they're out, they're out having a good time. Like I'm, I'm genuinely stoked for it. And she, you know, came back and I'm having the following night, and you know, explained what I'd been up to, and that he's a really cool guy, and he gets along well with some of my friends. And I, was, you know, actually had a genuine smile on my face. Like, well, actually, you know, I'm so, so I'm glad you've gone out and had a good time with this dude. So that's kind of great because it was a very quick turnaround in that instance. Yeah, luckily. And it was it was the inward thinking hmm. of yourself that. Sort of went. This isn't right. I shouldn't be feeling like this guy's an asshole when my partner's got a fucking smile as wide as the fucking Golden Gate Bridge on her face. Exactly. No. So yeah, it's I, the, for me. There's nothing better than seeing my partners. Oh, for sure. Whoever it is at, at any given time, if they're smiling, I sit down. I can't help but smile. Hmm. It's contagious, right? And it, it's it's yeah, it is contagious. And I think emotions in general are contagious. Hmm. Um, and that comes into what is true empathy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because obviously empathy is, you know, you feel sorry for something, something's happened or, right, right. or whatever. But empathy isn't just about feeling sorry for something. It's mm-hmm. about feeling what they're feeling regardless of what they're emotional. Okay. And I think compersion comes into that quite a bit. Because yeah, you're seeing your partner happy and you're happy for them. So that's being empathetic to that situation because you've got a, a similar emotion. Yeah, and I think empathy gets a bad rap because people think, yeah, but that's what sympathy is. Yeah, true. That's sympathy. Empathy is uh, basically a continuation of, of the same emotion, mm-hmm. uh, a common emotion between two or more parties or, or whatever. Right. So, I think a wee bit differently. <laughs> Feel free to tell me I'm completely fucking oh, no, wrong. No, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to agree with you. I mean, how the way you think is the way you think. And that's mm-hmm. what I think is both amazing and unique about you, mm-hmm. to be fair. Um, and you know, but yeah, I, I do I, have a strange way of thinking at <laughs> the best of times. Yeah, well, but I mean, you know, it's 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 everyone's little differences which create the uniqueness in it and mm. an interesting environment to be in. I mm. mean, how it's been probably about as interesting as it can be in my life with this whole polyamorous mm-hmm. lifestyle and, and with Kim too. I mean, hell. If I would have, if I would have like tap an eighteen-year-old self on the shoulder and be like, "This is what you're going to be up to in a few years," so <laughs> I would have shat my pants. Really. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, how I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and and that's what it comes down to, man. You do what makes you happy, right? Mm. Who who gives a fuck what the rest of the world think? Who gives a fuck about these right-wing conservatives that sit there and go, ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> 
and you know, which I, I find it really funny that right wingers do that because they're based off polygamy, which lots yeah. of marriages. If you look at, um, I think it's is it Utah okay. that still have polygamy as legal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Legalized um, polygamy. I think it's Utah. I'm not up on my on my American um, marriage laws. Sorry, team. But I, I, do, <laughs> I do believe that it is it is Utah that do that, and that's because they're Mormon based, who and part of the Mormon mm-hmm. thing is to be able to have multiple wives, etc., etc., whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's their their prerogative. But I just think it's funny that right wing sit there and go, "Oh, you can't have more than one relationship. Mm-hmm. You can only have sex with one gender. You can have sex wives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, politics. Yeah, well. um, so. You, you touched on it quickly. There um, is the the kink side of things that you that you're involved in now. Were you always on the kinky side of things, or um, did I Becky think, pull that out of you as well? Uh, well, no. I think it was um, uh, definitely explored it more with her, given that she's also similarly inclined, mm-hmm. um, and also given the fact that we we have been together for quite a while now. So I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, I think I came to more of a really, more of a realization with, with that with my most previous long term partner, and then also with a I, don't know, I guess I guess a rebound partner in between. Right. Um, yeah, that that was that was an interesting situation. So it was, was a Halloween party. I was cross dressing for a lot. Um, was I at this party? Or did you know what was yeah. I, I, I don't know. You might have been. I'd, yeah. Who knows? It's a while ago. I don't know. Cross dressing just more. I've got it. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I was cross at the time because I was like, well, in 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 part because my my sister was like, I dare you to go to the Disney princess, and I was like, fuck it. So, okay. So I, so I got <laughs> online, um, and so go to Disney princess. So yeah, I went to this party, which is um, Ariel, the little mermaid. Yes. Had a had a fully custom made suit and everything. Um, That's not you. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I ended up winning best dress at a pub later on, and I was a great night. But anyhow, so <laughs> I've done that more than once. Yeah. So we, no, oh, there's a group of us, and we end up in the bedroom, and um, this woman whose name I won't name right now, who's about, yeah, 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 sure. Anyway, we tend not to on here anyway. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, lock eyes, and I'm like, oh yeah, how are you doing? She's 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 looking alright, and she's sort of looking me up and down like, what the fuck is this getting a mermaid out there? <laughs> um, and then I just happen to like glance over, and she's got this like massive. Luxurious looking um, bed set with these great big wrought iron headboard covered in like all kinds of like shackles and restraints, and I'm like, okay, you guys carry on, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, got to talking with her, and I guess I guess that's sort of where I got more into um, things from there on, with a bit of restraint and uh, paddling and that sort of stuff. With her was sort of my I guess kinky debut, mm-hmm. and then from there on, getting into the local. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I, don't know, I think that's going back maybe, maybe, three, maybe three years ago, I guess. And then was the initial lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then more so becoming involved in the local campaign. Uh, I don't know what. Year, year and a half. Year and a half. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say that because I've been two and a half. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Although I haven't been too much in the last seven or eight months. Or yeah, I've sort of dried off a bit as well. But like just kind of time in the day with working two jobs. I, I, yeah, I'm exactly with you. I work two jobs as well. So yeah. No, it's 65, 75 hours a week. By the end of that, you just sit there and you go, you know what? Nah. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I think my feet out in the beer and I'm going to go to Yep. <laughs> Too fucking right. Yeah. So, it, so it started with restraints and paddling and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. What has it moved on to for you? 
Is it more of the same or? Um, I don't know. Like I guess the the, the multi potential like myself is sort of like fuck. I'm gonna go ball deep and try a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Since since then I've gone on to. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. What do you what are your more enjoyable side of things? Now? Okay. Um. I guess my preferred forms of play going forth from that are probably impact. Yep. deprivation. I do still enjoy some restraint, like um, ropes and that. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a leap car if it's on the menu. Oh, I never would have thought. But, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I, I do need to explain that because one thing I don't like on podcasts is inside jokes. Yeah. That, that people listening just don't have a clue about this and they're going, has something happened there? Is something not? So I'm... Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I... I'm very much into electro. Oh, for sure. Uh, I have a fair few electro toys, which you've played with as well, because I've loaned Becky yep. my toys a few times. Mm-hmm. I think I've even used it on you before as well. Yeah, I think, I think a couple of times at some of the more public play parties. Yeah. But it's, it's not been a sexual thing there, though. It's been... Mm. This, these are the different things you can do, mm. because I'm a little bit more experienced than what Becky's in that exactly. in, when it comes to electro. So it was more a learning thing rather than mm. a kink or, or sexual thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that that's where that inside joke comes from. Yeah. Where, yeah, I when it comes to Electro, I'm an absolute fucking nut for it. Um, and I've been talking to a guy up north who you may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't name names because I haven't got permission to. But he's, okay. got, a whole, he's got a whole bunch of um, like early 1900s Electro gear. Oh, wow. Which is really, really cool. And I'm sitting there going, if ever you want to get rid of any, yeah, if ever sure. you want to get rid of any, just just let me know, mate. Just let, let me know. Into the vintage yeah, which would be right. really, really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. You know, I, from memory, I think he has an actual hysteria machine. Wow. So, for those that don't know, hysteria used to be cured by sexual stimulation, basically. Um, so women used to have this inverted quotation marks hysteria, mm-hmm. which got cured by orgasm. The right. hysteria that get gum mental and giddy and all over the place, and then yeah, have an orgasm. Ah, oh, so much better. <laughs> it's, looking at that now, you just sit there and go, "Shit, <laughs> who knew?" <laughs> Girls get horny. People get weird if they don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking shock that is. <laughs> so yeah, and he was at the last fetish ball. Okay. Um, no, last one before. I can't remember the last one I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, and he was, oh, must have been the one before, because I was still with my previous ex at the time. Yeah, anyway, mm-hmm. regardless. And he had all of this different, like he had massages and stuff, but it was all electro stuff, and I'm just sitting there going, this, I was... You might get in the game, you still, wouldn't Well, I didn't play with any of it, because mm-hmm. I didn't know it, for okay, starters, right. and I need to learn things, especially when it comes to, you know, electricity coursing through your body. Yeah, it's yeah. not something you can really fuck around with, because it can get dangerous. Oh, for sure. Um, well, I did. I was picking the brains of a person who he ran a workshop, an electro workshop here a few years ago, which is how I got into it. I simulated childbirth through the through the tens pads. Oh right, and that's how I got into it. Um, mm-hmm. So I was picking his brains a lot when I first started, just to make sure I was doing things right. Yeah, like one of the main ones, especially when it comes to tens, that people don't understand, and I think I've said this before on the podcast as well. I, you know, I, I can't remember, um, but two tens pads the current runs between them mm-hmm. so it doesn't right. run so through. The exactly yeah so you've got to be really careful about putting one on one side each other and one on the other mm-hmm. because that's going straight across all the one so organs across the pad. 
Exactly. But a lot of people who don't understand electricity wouldn't think about that sort of thing. They just think it's pulsing in the centralised parts where the pads are. It's not a circuit going through from one pad to the other. And I have read about horror stories around that sort of thing. Especially because my TENS machine is a little bit strong. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. I mean, it cost me a fucking fortune. I hope it's up there. Yeah, well. So if you think of something like that running through vital organs, it can genuinely cause a heart attack because and heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. So education around this sort of thing is is a massive thing as well. And the same with rope as well. Yeah. You can cut off arteries with rope. And this is why I'm not a rope guy. No, no. I have the unfortunate combination of being both a perfectionist mm-hmm. and being impatient. Yeah, probably too quality because you don't really want to carry the rope. Exactly. Well, well perfectionist isn't so bad, yeah. but when you put it with impatient, mm. you want to go out and you want to do the thing because you think you've got it, but you don't, exactly. and then shit goes wrong and somebody gets hurt, and then your reputation goes down as well. Exactly. And in we're in a small town. No, it doesn't you know, the, the Exactly, there's 400,000 people here, mm. and you think of how many of those are actually in the local king scene, is very very few comparatively speaking. Very niche group, really. Yeah. So if your reputation and my reputation's taken a hammering over time, I've made mistakes, but I've always, as we've said before, owned my shit. Yeah, exactly. I've always put my hands up and guess, look, I did fuck up. Mm-hmm. I've learned from that. Let's move on. And to be fair, for the majority of it, people have said they've seen that and gone, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Let Let's continue on. And I have no idea where we started with this conversation. Uh, <laughs> I've just gone on and talked a whole bunch. Uh, something about King debuts and sort of employment. Yeah, that's right. Sort of carry on. And then I turned into Electro. And, and, and then I went and dirty. Of course, you being you was like, oh, Electro, get involved. Never a true word spoken. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously a little bit of Electro. Is there anything else that is fine? Um, strangely, well, not strangely, I mean... How is anyone exceedingly vanilla? Most of this would be strange. However, I guess more into CBT than I thought I would. Okay. So for, for those that don't know, cock and ball talk, yeah. yeah. Which uh, I guess isn't quite as brutal as it sounds. Well, unless you want it. Mm. Yeah. So with with that, you're talking pegs stuff attached to genitalia, um, or yeah, being like we recently experimented with a sort of rigging electro CVT kind of a combination which involves my hands being bound above my head a rope running between my groin around my um, chesties and penis and then being attacked with a really violent one sort of thing which of course made me react and pull pulls on what's attached to the rope and yeah that sounds amazing that sounds like a great it was fantastic yeah. <laughs> yeah that's something that I would do quite a lot by all means with, when, when, yeah you've got to with me again. A lot of people think I'm a dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I do actually switch. Oh yeah. But I'm very careful about who I'm bottoming or subbing for. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am I'm naturally dominant, but I do like my submissive side. Mm-hmm. I have very high expectations when I'm bottoming or when I'm subbing around would, yeah. how things need to be done. Because I have a 19-page checklist. For people to fill out with yeah, it's for yeah. It's, just, it's it's nothing horrendous, it's just it'll have anal play, have mm-hmm. done, we'll do again, no thanks, to try, mm-hmm. and they tick a box. Comment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's enough to know what they're into, what they're not. Yeah. Etc. etc. Mm-hmm. So 
in that sort of thing, it makes it a lot easier. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, you've you already got a fairly clear indication of your potential partner's boundaries, mm. you know, what, what they're into, what they aren't, and where, where there are overlapping similarities between you and your partner, so you can make it a bit we have a good time and yeah. have, a, have, a, have a fun and fun and, and, <laughs> and scenes can go wrong. They can. I've had scenes go wrong. I've, I've watched a scene go wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it can be pretty harrowing to watch at times. Yeah. But this is why you have the safe words mm. as part of that. For anybody who might be listening to this who's new to King, get a goddamn safe word. Use it. Mm. Don't be ashamed. Don't think that you're not good enough because you've had to say your safe word. It's there right. for a reason. It's there to keep you safe. It's there so you can enjoy yourself, not go beyond what mm. your capabilities are. If you can't think of a decent safe word, just use safe word. It's pretty synonymous. Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not going to scream safe word in the middle of, of fucking someone or exactly. unless it's actually the safe word. I personally use a traffic light. Yeah, the traffic light doesn't work. Yeah. So red means complete stop. Mm-hmm. Let's just, this is ending now. Yeah. Yellow is please slow down or I need a break or mm-hmm. just ease off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as soon as that red goes, it's boom, stop. Yeah. And I'm hugging the person yeah, exactly. pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. Just purely to make sure that they're okay. Because some of my scenes can be pretty heavy. There was one, um, it was one of my last ones after I broke up with not my recent before. Mm-hmm. And I was playing with somebody who was at a new venue on the east side of town. Okay. Um, I don't think you were there. Um, but that was a heavy, heavy scene. I had, she was on a, um, a spanking horse. Okay. Yep. And she had tens on the inside of her thighs mm-hmm. and on her butt. So if you think of, Traveling from the inside of a thigh yep, yep. to the butt and on that's the other that, side as well. A lot of crotchal and like yeah. electricity going on. Yeah, which is stimulating and mm-hmm. with my tens machine can be quite painful. Yeah, it can be because it is quite high power. Yeah, but this is somebody I've played with quite mm-hmm. a few times. She was actually, I can say her name because she's been on this podcast before. Oh, well, yeah. uh, it was Lauren. Oh, was yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and I was using my crop, my cane, my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, her hair was being yanked quite a bit and there was actually tears down her face it, it fucking was <laughs> let me tell you it's it's up there with one of the best things i've ever had mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie just because there was so much going oh, yeah. on but it all fit in with each other no and it was just it was just glorious and there, yeah so there's tears running down her eyes and i kept asking is everything fine yeah i'm, I'm always that guy as much as i'm a showman mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I am a showman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like adding the theatrical the part of my of my performances and, and that sort of thing. Like my scene mm-hmm. for Phantom of the Opera, where I did that as well. But yeah, during this, I'm always careful to keep in touch with the person that I'm playing with. Well, for sure. During during mm. the scene, because and I was going to talk to you about consent as well. Yeah, consent can change at any moment. Oh, for sure. Any fucking moment. You can, you can be withdrawn too. Yeah, you can be mid thrust and they'll say they'll say the safe word, you fucking stop at that point. Exactly. Even if it's just a vanilla, vanilla sex and they go, No, stop, get off me. Hmm. You fucking That's stop at that point. No, you stop yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> and just because they've given um, consent before you started doing that, that does not mean it cannot be withdrawn while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is such a fucking huge thing because I'm I still think in this age a lot of guys don't believe that. They think, well, maybe not a lot of guys. Well, but there's still a number there's, there's of. There's certainly a there's certainly majority. Mm. Mm. That think 
that she's already consented to this. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, she's already said yes. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, well, You're a fucking rapist. Well, it, it, I mean, exactly right. I mean, you know, consent can be withdrawn. I mean, all, 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 all well and good that it's hot and heavy at the beginning of doing it, but you know, as soon as soon as your partner says no or stop, that's 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 a pretty clear indication. Whatever you're up to, needs to stop now. Mm. And again, we go back to safe words. This is why safe words are there. Exactly. Because I don't know about you, but I scream no and stop quite a bit mm. sometimes if I'm bottoming in a scene. Mm. Or I use my numbers. Yeah, numbers. The number seen as how much it's hurting or, exactly. or whatnot. Do you use one, two, five or one, two, ten? Um, depending on who I'm with. Yeah, it, it's fair. negotiated before I'm doing it. I've done both. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, again, it's negotiated. This is what we're doing. Exactly. This is how we're doing it. Pre negotiated with this person. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And even then, if it gets too hard during that, if it gets above, above what you think your your five or your ten is, mm -hmm. you stop that right there. Fucking exactly. And part of the reason I started the podcast, and I'll, I'll say this every fucking episode, uh, is young men especially don't learn this sort of stuff mm -hmm. in schools. They don't learn that consent can be withdrawn at times, that and consent can be coerced, and that saying, "Oh yeah, you can do it if you want," is not consent for me. Not really. For me. No. It's a I'm letting you do this because I feel obligated. Yeah, which is a form of coercion. Pretty much. The only way I will do something is enthusiastic. No. It's not It's not even just a, yeah, let's do that. Hmm. I won't do it if they say that. Hmm. It's got to be, fuck yes, let's fucking do it. No, exactly. It isn't, a, it, isn't, it isn't a more clear yes than that, is it? Exactly. Exactly. And that's when you can be certain. Hmm. And this is also why I don't do anything when alcohol is involved. Mm, if I'm drinking or if the other person's drinking, especially when the other person's drinking. Yeah, because I know where my headspace is at. Mm -hmm. If I've had a beer or two beers, anything more than that, I probably won't. Yeah. But I don't know where the other person's headspace is at. Mm. And that's where it can get dangerous as well. And this is why the last maybe three years, I've not had drunken sex. Okay. Because I don't feel that the person I'm with, whether male or female, because mm -hmm. there's been males as well, mm -hmm. I don't feel as though they have the... Cognitive, cognitive capacity to actually agree with what they're doing. Sure. Or potentially don't have the cognitive mm -hmm. capacity to be able to do it. To be able to sit there and go, yes, I really, really want this. Fuck yes, do me. Or mm -hmm. whatever. There's still that just that implant of doubt in my That's mind right, when alcohol is yeah. involved. And I can't bring myself to do that. Back in the day when, you know, sure, I've, you know, yeah. whatever. Smashed up your first wake up. Exactly. Wake, wake up next to someone, hey, that was a good time. What do you make of it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that what you've just said is a fucking scary oh, it's situation. I, I, I recall years ago I got well, I don't I don't recall being drunk. I recall waking up next to my at the time girlfriend's best mate, um, shirtless, um, in her spare bed, um, with dry vomit down my chin. Real classy. Beautiful. Oh, it was um, done that before as well, days, days just breaking and it's blinding man you can feel your corners literally trying to separate um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sort of roll over and there she is and I'm like I have absolutely no recollection of what happened last night holy fuck um, and did she? she didn't either which was the scary oh, thing okay. um, so I sort of roll over and was like ah I know you oh fuck did anything happen last night I don't know to this day I still oh. don't know mm. And that's scary. That's scary. What would have been scary for me, and this is something that's not talked about so much either, if she did remember and she did know what happened. Because mm. you put the shoe on the other foot, you put that the other way around. Oh, the guy remembers, the girl doesn't. Mm. That'll get blown up to fucking Africa. Oh, for sure. And rightly so. 
I have no issue with that. Mm -hmm. But I do still believe that if it is the way that I've just said, where the girl remembers the guy does it, no, exactly. that, that should get blown up as well, because mm -hmm. that is still, regardless, for me, yeah. that's still rape. Well, regardless of sex or gender, rape, rape is rape regardless. Yes, a, yes. Fucking A-Rock. We've gotten pretty deep there. Sure have. <laughs> Let, let's try and, try and lighten this up a bit. Um, actually, no, before we do, were you taught about this kind of consent by parents, schooling, mm. anything like that? Or was it just... Mm. Honestly, the sad thing is not much. Mm. Um, so it's the same because we're yeah. similar sort of. It's what, four years ago? You're 24? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's four years ago. Yeah. So it's around the same sort of age-ish. Yeah, yeah. Which I think the my, my main recollection my main recollection from I think it was health and sex ed mm. um, that sort of start of high school um, was if she's wet she's good to go which isn't the right thing and I'm guessing you had a male teacher no actually this what wasn't. the fuck yeah so this was a a, a, a woman phys ed teacher um, which there was did she have rape fantasies or <laughs> I don't know, like she could have been the type thinking that. Um, <laughs> rape fantasies are different than rape people. Consensual, yeah. uh, what is it? <laughs> consensual non-consent. Yeah, consensual is, non is a fun, fun fucking thing for me. And it, and it sure can be, but you know, provided everyone's on board and, and yeah. it's, you know, consented prior and parameters have been said. Yeah, exactly. And with that said, you know, consent can still be withdrawn at any point. Which comes, back, comes back to the safe word. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, it was I think it was something along the lines of if the if the if the woman isn't self lubricating and enthusiastic about the situation, then it's not going to be good. So what happens if she's lubricated and not enthusiastic? Well, that that sort of reminded me of a conversation I had with another partner, which was um, I think the word was sexual cognitive dissociation. Right. Which basically was tied in with an article she read a while ago saying where um, you know, a woman had just finished a scene, like, might have been a blog on Fit Life or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a woman had just finished up a scene and her dominant male um, you know, was, was quite keen to finish the scene with intercourse. Which, fair enough, some scenes go that way and if it's, yep. feel, and if it's feeling good then why not? Yeah, sure. Um, so. There have been supposedly quite a bit of TV paddling and flogging around the crustal lymphatics area. Cool, cool. Um, and by the time that was sort of coming to an end, she was like, okay, sweet, you can unchat for me. We'll have a little bit of downtime where he sort of stepped in with, but you're soaking wet. We usually we finish with sex. What, what, what's going on? Which that, I guess, was the sexual disassociation of it was, yeah, she was self-lubricated and her body wanted it, but her mind didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And the mind's the one that matters here. For sure. I mean, you, your brain's the biggest mm. sexual organ you have. Oh, shit. And, you know, if the brain isn't on board, regardless of what the rest of your body is up to, then... It, it shouldn't be happening. It, it shouldn't be happening. Exactly right. So, you know, regardless of what they said said years ago, if she isn't wet, that doesn't mean dig in. Fucking hell. That's, that's yeah. scary that a teacher's yeah. said that. Yeah. No matter the day or age or anything, the fact that a teacher who sculpts the mind of young humans mm. is saying if she's wet she's good pretty much that's fucking terrifying pretty much because so, yeah when, when, growing up in, in Brisbane like I did we had nothing not at all nothing around consent that's, that's awful it, it was if she says no don't do it well I mean which is that's, I, that's I guess but you know <laughs> There's nothing around the coercion side, there's nothing around... Okay. And, and like I said, this is why I started the podcast to hopefully... Mm -hmm. I want to go into 
corporate settings with this sort of message because obviously we've had a lot, a lot of issues in New Zealand around that sort of thing. No, exactly. If you think of I mean, uh, like all the rugby teams, rugby teams, the the law firm that that's happened to, I won't say the name, mm. but that, that's been a thing. But I also want to take it into schools. Yeah, especially the consent side of things because it's not spoken enough about anywhere near enough. No, I know. I mean, you know, and and my biggest thing with it, sorry to interrupt. No, no, my biggest thing with it is we're teaching girls how to keep themselves safe, mm. and you know they've got to dress modestly, they've got to do this, that, and the other. No, mm. we should be teaching the boys not to fucking do it. Oh, exactly. Not to treat women as a fucking object or girls as an object. To show them complete and utter respect at any given time, because women are fucking goddesses. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're fucking amazing creatures. The mind of a Beyonce, Is it girls we run as well? Oh yeah. Went <laughs> <laughs> for the patriarchy, like. Yeah, yeah but this this is how we should be treated. This is how we should be focusing our efforts. Mm-hmm. I think, rather than saying, walk home with a friend, you know, wear something modest, mm-hmm. all of this sort of thing. Ha- like I work in the electronics store that sells personal alarms. You know, you pull the string, yeah, yeah, yeah. the alarm goes off, yeah. and we go through a lot. Oh, really? We go through a lot of them. Yeah. And I sit there every time someone buys one and go, that's fucking terrifying that you need that. Because we haven't pushed this out. There's, I'll always say that there's going to be a rogue or two. Well, yeah. But it happens, especially in this country. Mm. I don't know about other countries. I don't read their media enough to know. In this country, it happens far too often when we hear about someone being groped in a club, even. Oh, like, to, like I get it all kind of work, man. Yeah, like yeah, of course, yeah. Holy crap! You, yeah, you, you you learn a lot about consent as as a topless waiter. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Do you do you learn a lot about consent? As a so a lot of people grab you. Oh, I'm good. consistently. Like I get yeah, prodded and groped just just about every night at work. Mm-hmm. And how does that make you feel like? Like some sometimes it's fine, and I can sort of just laugh it off. Um, and it, but yeah. it'll but it'll get to a point, right? Oh, it's, it does get it's to a point. Intrusive. Oh, for sure. Like um, <clears throat> I can, yeah. I I, I recall uh, one particular instance where a not mean sound uncouth, but a very obviously um, lesbian woman thought it was funny to spank me whilst I was bent over and throwing up an iPhone. Um, to which I spun around and it's like, I don't give a damn about your sexual orientation, you didn't ask first. Mm. And she sort of looked at me a little bit dumbfounded because I think that's probably the first time she'd been called out. Yeah, I'd say so. And I'd, I'd say she'd done that more than once. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, that it's, yeah, it's not on regardless as to, you know, the recipient of whom you this touch. Like, mm. consent is consent and yeah. you, you can't just assume it. Was she asked to leave after this or did she stay? No, she was not asked. See, now this is interesting to me because I'm going to put the shoe on the other foot again. Okay. And we go, I'm going to move it into, I was going to move it into uh, a strip club right. where a guy reaches up and touches, but those rules are clearly defined. Mm-hmm. But they shouldn't have to be, really, well, no. if, we're, if we're honest. But even even if you just say a general club, mm-hmm. if I, and I used to be a bouncer, but if I saw a guy, you know, mm-hmm. Grab a buttock or a spank or whatever, sure. and the girl didn't look like she wanted. She, he mm. was out. Oh yeah. There's no two questions about that, and I find it interesting that she wasn't removed. Mm. Was she apologetic? Um, yeah, a little bit after, okay. after time. So at least that's something, because maybe yeah. maybe you standing up to her is potentially, and I hope so, mm. 
change her mindset from doing that in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I would, I would hope that if anything, it was at least a little bit educational for her. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, there's also been other times, like at this particular club that I work at, um, they had, um, you know, white uh, flexes in, you know, the whole corset and lingerie, mm-hmm. which, you know, the I guess the whole feel of the place is kind of like a, a cabaret yeah. club sort of a thing, which, you know, is fine, fine, and most of the girls enjoy their job, but I do recall one of the guys down at the bar and one of their, um, one of their waxes down at the guy, fine, she turns around to go back to her business, and he grabbed her on the ass. She spun around oh. and gave this, like, and she's a short woman, like, mm-hmm. I, god damn, praise her for this, like, she would have been... I don't know, at a glance, maybe 50 old kilo, maybe five and a half foot tall. Right. And this guy would have been sort of about my size, maybe another head tall. Like like a solid guy, and yeah. I, hell, I'm, what, 6'2 or so. Yeah. Spins around, sticks a finger in his face and says, fuck off, you cannot do that without asking. What was his response to that? Um, I think he might have pissed himself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. take him back a little bit. Oh, yeah. Hell has no fury like a woman's gone. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know... Again, you know, young, attractive, small woman, I don't come over to him, like, you know, is, is everything right? She's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, are you sure? Because, you know, I can understand if you rattled rattle after that, if you want to go outside for a smoke break or whatever, I can cover you from the worry, and if you know, want to have a word with the bouncer and get the guy to kick out of you, you know, jack out, totally fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. She's like, don't worry about it. I'll have a word with that bouncer and just carrying on. But yeah, again. But she was fine. She she was fine. So she's obviously a strong woman. Oh, for sure. She's had to deal with that before. Exactly. You, could, you could probably tell in that situation mm-hmm. she's had to, and that. But it's shit that she has had to. That, that was going to be took the words right out of my mouth to yeah. quote Meatloaf. Um, it's it's absolutely chilling. So just quickly, we're we're getting towards the end of this now. We've been talking for almost an hour. And, oh really? Yeah. I'm fine. It does, and we <laughs> say that every podcast as well. It just sort of flows on, and this is why my hour-long podcasts go for. 90 minutes or mm-hmm. 105 minutes or right, right. and and just sort of keep continuing on um so i want to go back we've talked about your kink debut mm-hmm. i want to know about your sexual debut how old were you sexual debut. Um, and, and i use a, i use that term because it comes from uh, an author called mary uh, mary fisher Mm-hmm. Who didn't like the term losing your virginity because it sounds like you're losing a part of you, yeah, yeah. as opposed to making your sexual debut, which is a grand, exciting thing. Right. And I really like how that works. No, it's good. So, good. yeah, oh, when did you make oh. your sexual debut? Um, looking back now, way too young. Way too young? Way too young. I was 15. Uh, you're older than me. Oh, hey. But, um, yeah, so I was a, a, a girlfriend of mine at the time in high school. Um, you know, there'd been, you know, a bit of figure getting here and there and that was cool and we sort of got along we were like, okay. She she was not a virgin, I was. Mm-hmm. Um so it was I think it was sports day, so I forged a couple of permission letters so we could get the afternoon off, went back to hers and <laughs> shagged on the couch. So. <laughs> on the couch as well. How special. Oh yeah, yeah, it was good. So you, bit of you, afternoon delight. You said you said very, very quickly there that it was far too early. Yeah. Well, why do you say that it was... Because I don't think I was emotionally mature at the time. Like, knowing what I know now, I think the the ideal age that I probably would have lost my virginity would have been somewhere in the realms of probably 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Then I would have, A, known myself better sexually mm-hmm. and emotionally, as well as being able to gauge a partner better at the time. Yeah. So, it, it's interesting you say that, because the average age of the virginity loss in New Zealand is 17 or 8 years. It's relatively old. In Iceland, it's 15. They oh, have a lot on average. In the world, yeah, on oh. average. 
So if you think of how young they, they might be. That's true. It's, mm. it's, yeah, it's kind of... It's getting younger here, right? I'm certain it's getting younger here. Mm. I swear. I walk through the local mall and there's, you know, 12, 13 year olds wearing what 17, 18 year olds used to when I was away, which is 10 years ago, sure. But I just sort of sit there and I go, Oh, you might want to slow down and actually enjoy childhood for a little bit. Yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't go and fuck yourself up. Yeah. By doing something that you feel pressured to by, mm. by, by your peers, by your friends. Because we are in a more sexually charged world. And a couple of episodes ago, I talked to a 19 year old virgin. Oh, right. Um, so that's around in this sexually charged world. That was an interesting dynamic and an interesting talk. Yeah, we're around that as well. So that was yeah. So that's um yeah, it's interesting that you say it was far too early in eighteen ninety. I think that's probably a better age. Yeah. So I was about fourteen. Mm -hmm. And looking back on that again, no way should I have done that. No way. It it was it was a silly idea, and I broke up with the girl not long after. Oh really? Yeah, because it was okay. I got what I want. <laughs> and and mm. again, like I said earlier, yeah. I was a Fucking asshole. Oh yeah. Until, and, until in, in, in my teens, all the way through till probably even 25, probably. Oh yeah. I was still mistreating women all over the place. It wasn't until I got involved in the kink scene actually that I sort of went, "Hang on." Yeah, yeah. There's a better way to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was because of the people in the kink scene. There's a lot of strong, strong-minded people, a lot of strong people mm. in the kink scene that you that they go. If you do this, you're a fuckwit. And you sit there and go, well, I don't want to be a fuckwit. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this the proper way. And honestly, I'm all the better for it now. I used to be that guy who would be the, oh, show me nudes, show me nudes, show me nudes, show me nudes. Get them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I won't ask for it. Oh, no. I'd still get sent a lot. Mm. But it's on their terms. Yeah, for sure. It's on their terms. And it feels better receiving, you know, uh, it's... it's a sex, as they call it, yeah. you know, like like a like a like a safety manager or you know, a bit of dirty stuff. Like it, it feels better receiving that when it is on that partner. Yeah, shit, yeah, shit, yeah. It's so. like okay, cool. Like this, this is, person actually really wants me. They're not really doing. Wants to share this with yeah, me. they yeah. don't feel forced to do mm -hmm. it with me. Exactly. It's their idea. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So the last thing that I want to talk about mm -hmm. is you're dating someone who's a very strong feminist, mm -hmm. Becky. And I love her for it. It's absolutely fantastic. Not for sure. Were you, did you have the same mindset before dating back into what you're doing now around that sort of thing? Mm, I guess, I guess I was already similarly inclined with largely being surrounded by women. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was raised by a solo mom for a good portion of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, my closest Sibling is my younger sister, who's 15. Gary, because she's 15 and crying. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. not not only that, but I guess I, I generally seem to associate more with women purely because hashtag not all men, but mm -hmm. a lot of men are just dicks. Yeah, like, 100%, man. 100%. Just dicks, which I guess in part already did enforce somewhat of a feminist mm -hmm. in myself. But yeah. Do you think it's with, been amplified? No, with, without a doubt. Because yeah. Becky is such. Um, has really strong feelings about it, obviously, mm -hmm. and and rightly so. Oh yes. Uh, but I'll also say that she's the right kind. Mm. She's not somebody who's saying obviously not because she's dating two men. I'm not anti men, <laughs> or you know, I remember seeing one headline a while, uh, one article a while ago um, about getting rid of the patriarchy. They, they if they have boys growing inside them to abort them straight away. 
for a while. Okay. Yeah, so it, it goes into that sort of depth. So that's just why I say that. Strength. Yeah, this is why I say the Becky's the right one. Yeah, exactly. He's around equity and equality rather than, for lack of a better term, special treatment. Exactly. And I've learned a lot from her through this as well. I and mean, obviously, she's a friend of mine. I haven't dated her or anything like that. But she's kept me in line when I've done things, mm-hmm. when I've said things, and she'll go, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Pretty quick to pull you out on your shirt. Yeah, which is fantastic. And that's what I think the world needs more of that. Oh yeah, right like there. you said with the with the obviously lesbian person and mm. the bar mm. that you work at, and the pub that you work at, mm. call them out on the shit and they'll think twice about doing it again. That's it. Yeah. And that's and that's what it comes down to is if you call people out, it's mm. gonna make the world a better place. It will. No, for sure. Because right. people sit and go, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to suffer that embarrassment again. Mm. And it, and it's a lot better from that. Mm. I, I I can recall a previous instance where yeah, you know you you, you become the company you keep. And mm-hmm. for sure, um, Lizzie has definitely nurtured more of the feminist in me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess a lot of that has been translating into my relationship with my peers and my construction job, who mm-hmm. are very much the whole. Very chauvinistic? Um, yeah. Cat calling, etc. Oh, I like hunting, misogyny, rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very much that sort of crowd, which, I mean. And that's the deal. I'm not going to stop them from living their life. Although I have been doing my best to try and educate them. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I do recall a little bit of cat calling on site a while ago. And you know, I worked in a group with like four occasionally and five other guys. Mm-hmm. You know, all sort of mid twenties through to mid thirties. So, um, and yeah, I sort of just spun around and was like, taking a moment. Oh, sorry, someone, someone made a rape joke. Um, and I was like, hmm, can we just think about that for a moment? So I had him in. I was like, well. You guys are all fathers, right? Yeah. You all have daughters, right? Yeah. Well, hate to say it, but statistically, one in every three women will be sexually violated at some stage. Mm-hmm. Comments like that that allow that to happen. And he's, he was blown away. I'm yeah, he like, just absolutely dumbfounded. I, I was like, well, sorry to say it, bud, but if that, that behavior continues, it normalizes behavior like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On that note, I've, I've kept you for over an hour now. Oh, well. Um, pleasure. <laughs> yeah. You do have somewhere to be, uh, probably in about 10 minutes or so, I think. Oh, God, what is it? Uh, 25-2. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't want to keep you over time. I don't want you to make you make you late for your next appointment, for lack of a better term. Well, it's exactly that. I won't be enough. We get talking about and I'm on my way to your health checkup room. Yeah, so you get a quarterly, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm the same every three months. Mm-hmm. Just to keep it ticking over. Oh, Make sure. sure that everything's fine. I mean, I'm I'm fairly certain that things are fine, but I mean, you know, it, it, it you always know, pays to make sure. Always, right? always pays to be sure. And, yeah. You know, especially if you're in a partners, which absolutely, I do, then it yeah, just just helps keep everyone safe. Absolutely. You know, and you have to get a peace of mind in yourself and your own confidence if you do choose to have any sexual endeavours. You can be you can be fairly sure on that front. Get yourself checked, people. Exactly. <laughs> Always get yourself checked. Um, thank you very much for coming in, spending okay, spending this, this hour with me. It's been fantastic. Um, it's been very um, uh, very quickly done because we only spoke a couple of days about you coming in and doing this. Yeah, so, we'll leave it right, but I think it went well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I sent you through. I've got through pretty much everything I wanted to. Yeah. So, again, thank you very much for coming in. Hey, very much appreciated. Yeah, thank you. So there we go. That was the interview with Pricey. Um, thank you very much for him, uh, to him for coming in. Really, really good chat, I thought. Um, I've changed a couple of things up 
while going through the process. This was the first time with the second mic, and also my first time interviewing a male as well. So that was uh, interesting during my editing process and everything, and learning learning a whole bunch of different things through that kind of thing as well. So yeah, thank you very much to Jordan. Thank you very much to everybody who's listening to the ASL podcast today. Or, or whenever you listen to it, just remember you can listen out to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you like. And you can always contact me on, on the Twitters, on the Facebook, on well, via email as well. And yeah, thank you once again very much for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Bye now.